Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm Mike Ricksecker, your host for the evening, along with my co-hostess, Vanessa Holgo. We have a great guest with you tonight, and that is William Stillman. He's been with us before, and... Um, yeah, you'll, you'll have to kill your volume. <laughs> Our chat shenanigans is over here. <laughs> she is, uh, we're finally in the same household, so... Um, Woohoo! Yeah, I, I don't know, you'll have to... <laughs> I don't know what to do with the headphones over there, but <laughs> we're trying to get I her set up over there. So, yeah, we can't hear her. Oh, I know. That's fine. She's being very quiet over there, but her uh, her computer kicked up with the noise over there. So it's all right. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I know we had a little housekeeping uh, that you want to take care of, Vanessa, and then we'll introduce our guest for the evening and we'll roll right into it. Alrighty, just a quick thing real quick. I wanted to give a huge shout out to Matthew Virgin, who is my agent slash dealer uh, when it comes to my art. If anyone out there is wanting to send him happy vibes and everything, he has been busting his tail on this um, charity event that we're having in September. Amazing people going to be there, amazing organizations being represented, and it is going to be fabulous. So any good vibes y'all have? Please, please send them to Matthew Virgin because I'm truly blessed to know this man. There you go. And that's it. Yeah, Matthew <laughs> has uh, been absolutely amazing um, for Vanessa. So, yeah, definitely uh, definitely check it out. Um, I saw a couple comments down here in the chat real quick. Uh, no, we're not in the garage yet, the, uh, the outbuilding. So we have to do a lot to set that up and, and run the network out there and everything. So just in the living room for, for tonight. And uh, maybe next week. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So let's go ahead and bring on. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and bring on our guest, William Stillman. He's been with us before. <laughs> William Stillman is the award winning author of special needs parenting books, including Autism and the God Connection, The Soul of Autism, and The Autism Prophecies, a trilogy that correlates aspects of autism with metaphysical themes. Since 2004, Bill has worked professionally as a psychic and spiritual counselor. His accuracy in discerning the truth and making predictions that come to fruition has been acclaimed by his clients as truly extraordinary and ranks at 90 to 98% accurate. He specializes in identifying clients' gifts and talents as well as aiding di discarnate spirits to transition to, hev to the heavenly realms. So William, welcome back. And uh, you just came out with a new book too, Conversations with Dogs. Good evening. Yeah, great to see you both. And Vanessa, con huge congratulations to you. I'm very happy and excited for you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And if I may, let me go, go ahead, right ahead and to William Horn, because he just knew something behind, behind the scenes, off camera, about me that none of y'all knew. That none of y'all knew. He actually read me. Um, just a, a little quick read about something that had been happening recently um, in, in, in my life. And he actually called it verbatim. And I, I just want to give big, huge kudos. Yeah, guys, y'all, he, he's the real deal. He is the real deal. So look, look to this fella. Very sweet. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. I don't, it doesn't come from me. It comes through me. So I don't, I don't feel comfortable taking uh, credit for the work that I do, you know? <laughs> I, I know I do completely understand, um, but you, the fact that you knew that, there was no way you could have known that. Nobody knew. So well, that, I've that's got helpers. <laughs> you do, and they're good people. So <laughs> they are. <laughs> but I just had to toot your horn there for a second. I mean, because it's one thing to hear that people, you know, say how good you are. 
but I, not not to not to brag here, but if it's coming from me, people know I mean it no matter what. Because I'm not going to give credit where it's not due, and I'm not going to blow smoke up anybody's ass. And the <laughs> fact that you knew that still has me shocked. So, wow. Anyway, I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, William's well, I'm so like happy that. and ex- <laughs> I'm so happy and excited to be here with you this evening. And um, people know that um, Michael has published a a new edition of my book Conversations with Dogs through Haunted Road Media, and um, I'm I couldn't be more tickled about it. And there's the cover uh, because it had been published previously by a very very small publisher, uh, and I was affiliated with that publisher at one time, and uh, no one saw this book, unfortunately. And um, Mike, a rip, and to um, put it out there, even though it's in a completely different format from what he is accustomed to publishing, it's a, a small square format book. It's under 100 pages, but it is full color. Um, lots of great photographs of... Um, uh, all kinds of dogs and um, lots of good information in the book. So um, I'm very grateful to him for uh, putting it back out there. Yeah, it was definitely a uh, yeah, it was definitely a very interesting project to work on. You know, not just the full color, but the the formatting being a. Uh, it's actually a little bit bigger than the the smaller version you had. We made it eight and a half by eight and a half, um, so oh. it won't exactly fit in your pocket. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of a different format, but you know, I thought it was you know, really beautifully done the way it was all put together. And uh, honestly, I mean, what sold me on it was your chapter called The Motley Crew. So, <laughs> The Motley Crew. Yeah. Well, you know, it really came about, as you may know, I wear another hat, and that is um, supporting individuals with autism and their families and their professional supporters. And I've written three books, as Michael said, that correlate aspects of some people with autism with uh, spiritual giftedness. And so there have been times when I've been doing consultations and I've been in people's homes And they have asked me there because they know they can trust me with information about things that are happening in their home that are very unusual. And the the catalyst of the activity seems to be centered around the individual on the autism spectrum. And what I discovered was, um, you know, sometimes those circumstances are very unpleasant. And there began to be occasions when I would sit with the family and would be interviewing them and gathering information, and the family dog would come and park itself right in front of me and put a paw in my lap and look up at me like, tell them, tell them what is going on here because I can't hold it together any longer. (laughs) And truly, I mean, these are animals that have been doing their darndest to to try to protect and insulate the family, and it's exhausting. And once I have a very frank 
and transparent discussion with these families these this has happened many times these dogs it's almost like they breathe a sigh of relief and then they fall asleep at my feet hmm. and what i was finding was um the more i was in people's homes the more the family dog would gravitate to me and i would get what i started to call bleed over so i wasn't there for the purpose of interacting with the animal but it ended up happening that way and i thought wow this is really interesting because this communication is not only two way but it's working for me the same way that it works for when i do it with people gotcha so i I came to discover very quickly that animals think like I do because I think not in language I think in constant streams of visual imagery pictures and movies and there's usually um emotion that's associated with that and that's the way animals think at least in my opinion and my experience they don't think in terms of language or words obviously they think in terms of um spontaneous impulses in the moment that some of which we might associate with um emotions or feelings but they also think in terms of visuals and for me that was that was an easy bridge to make between working with people and then working with dogs and so I live in a very large development and as I uh my spiritual boot camp every day I go for long walks and that's prayer and meditation time and so I've encountered a lot of dogs on my walks most people it's usually dogs most people don't have cats on leashes <laughs> but um I I found that even outside of the context of being on an autism consultation in a family's home I was able to have these interactions with most dogs. And so that really formed the nucleus of uh the book Conversations with Dogs. You explained the way I think in a way that I've never heard before. Well, we're both artists. There yeah. you go. We're both artists. So so to we think know, Yeah, to know that I'm not alone in that. Thank you. Hey, well, we have you know, a, I, uh, real quick, we have a $10 super chat from Tom McNicholas. He says, happy Tuesday. So yeah, thank you very thanks. much, Tom, for the $10 super chat, super chat, superstar. And uh, also Joe Chandler is saying that my dog always knew when my disabled daughter needed something. So they do have that, that keen ability like that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I must tell Vanessa, you know, I, um, I had to work really hard in school for the good grades that I did get. and um there were other subjects that i like algebra i just same i held it i don't i don't know how many times because i i can't learn when the instruction is purely didactic and it's it's in lecture format i have to learn by um if i can't make a picture of it in my head i can't retain it bingo and i have <laughs> i have to learn by doing hands on that I'll retain the experience I'll retain 
Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, I do have to ask you, and I'm sure that somebody in the chat is going to ask this as well, so I'm going to hit you up first. The work that you do with the autistic um, fam with families uh, of uh, children with autism or even adults with autism. Yes. Uh, when you have the animal communicating with you, have you found that due to the lack of barriers that we have on a regular basis, that through no fault of their own and no intention of their own, do ch especially children with autism pull more of the negative to them because they, they tend to be such a pure spirit? Yeah, most definitely. They don't, and, and I'm going to go so far as to say this applies to um, children who are also not autistic, but maybe um, very sensitive or very, very empathic, um, as you were <laughs> as a child, right? Yes. Yeah. Very. But they don't know that they are empowered with the authority to say no. And so what happens is, um, and particularly the kids with autism who don't talk and they're in constant perpetual meditation, they're wide open. Yes. They're wide open. And so when you are that open and that sensitive and you're vibrating at such a high frequency, you're susceptible to picking up on the good stuff, but you're also very vulnerable, very vulnerable to being under siege from the um, very negative, nefarious forces that would want to uh, perpetuate the stereotype of um, someone with autism being um, very impulsive and very violent. And, and that's exactly what happens. I have had kids with autism who have no filters, who uh, don't understand the concept of how to lie, be very clear and very direct in talking to me about demons mm -hmm. and angels, but also, you know, they're talking about seeing, you know, a kid in their, their school class having a total meltdown and being very upset and hurt about that and saying, well, he was wrestling with two demons that were on him. I understand. I, I completely understand that and can agree with it. I think he froze, Mike. No, there I'm fine. <laughs> oh, I told you to expect this. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and look look what we, were, what we were just talking about. So Right, exactly. I'm not no, you're good. Hey, uh, we have a, uh, a comment from, oh, and I just scrolled past it, from Spooky from Dawn. She says, I have a ghost dog in my house. So, William, do you pick up on the spirits of dogs as well? Do they, uh, do they communicate with you the same as living dogs? Um, that's a really interesting question. Uh, it's, it's a little harder for me. I don't know why it's a little bit harder for me to pick up on the energy of deceased animals, but I have done it. Um, I, I'm a little concerned about whoever it was that write, wrote in, uh, because there's no such thing as a friendly ghost or a good ghost. They shouldn't be here. So even if that's an animal ghost, um, I would be a little bit concerned about that. And I would want to know that that person understands how to um, release that presence or to guide it to uh, where it should be. Um, 
But I, I do want to say in respect to connecting with animals that um, have passed on is I have, and I believe I mentioned this in conversations with dogs, I have never ever had an animal come through that was upset or judgmental or resentful about having been euthanized too soon or second guessing the owner's decision to do that. Not well, once. Never, never. Okay. They they don't think in terms of the finality of life and death. They think in terms of constant and ongoing cycles of life. And so they are wise enough and have the foresight to know what's coming and what awaits them because they've done it many times before. That's, that's really interesting. So... You know, they know they're no, I guess how do I want to say it's this so they know when they're passing on and they're okay with that because they know that they're going to come back around again yeah it's not a big deal for them in the way that it, we may become very upset or very traumatized by it in fact um, I have had it happen on several occasions that dogs have communicated to me that they were dying before anyone else knew and before they were diagnosed with anything well that ma that makes perfect sense that makes perfect sense because if if you have an animal and you're paying attention to that to that animal or astute in any way um, or, or perceptive to to them they show you signs and it, it's you really do have to pay attention but they do show you signs even if they don't mean to show you signs. And I mean, I've, I've, I've had my oldest living dog live to be 22 years old. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I have a chihuahua behind me. That's almost 15. Wow. And she acts like she's two, you know, but, um, I do have a very strange question for you. I've never in my life asked anybody this. Well, can I just add on very quickly, Vanessa, the, the sign that these dogs have shown me is something that I would know to recognize and understand. And what they've shown me consistently, and you'll find this interesting, they show me a beautiful evening with the sun slowly setting and fading out. Oh, wow. That's wow. beautiful. Now, bear with me. <laughs> Have you ever had a conversation with an animal, with a dog? where it appeared that at one point in time during its life cycle, one of its many life cycles, that it was not a dog? Or do you believe wow. dogs are always dog and people are always people? Yeah, that's a really great question. And um, I haven't gotten into it uh, to, that, to that extent with any animal, but I think it's a really fascinating um, proposition. And um, gosh, uh, that's something to really think about and explore potentially. Um, it's a really interesting question. And um, I, I think, uh, frame it this way. Um, in my work with people as a psychic medium, folks will often tell me that um, they saw a, a creature um, an insect or a bird, for example, in a moment when they felt like they needed to be comforted by a loved one who had passed on. 
And I always re very gently remind them, well, you know, that cardinal was not your dad, but your dad could have impressed his energy and his influence on that creature to show up in a moment when you would look up and see that bird. So I th that so so okay. in that context, I think that it doesn't make sense for us to uh, reverse and incarnate in some way as something lesser than what we had been. It would make sense to me that if you are conscious and aware, if you have put effort into being a good person who is of service to others, it would only make sense to me that you would continue evolving in whatever that manifestation would look like. I've just always wondered because any given one of us at any time can just rattle off the animals that we respond the most to and there's no rhyme or reason to it whether you're of Native American descent whether you are Eastern European it, it is irrelevant everybody out there has an animal a specific animal that they resonate with and for me it's a white wolf always has been since I was teeny tiny is before I could talk, it's always been a white wolf. And in my times of need, that is what has always shown itself to me. That's what I've always felt closest with. My son, elephant. Mine was the elephant since, also. Since Since, since I was very, very young. Yep. Yeah. So I, so I associate, for me, for whatever reason, I associate elephants with India. So I don't know if... Um, it's a reference to uh, an experience with having lived in that culture. I, I'm very attracted to that culture, I must tell you. I, I think that the clothing is gorgeous. It's vibrant. It's colorful. I'm sure you appreciate that, too. And I um, so, I, you know, who knows? There might be something there. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I associate mine with the Carpathian Mountains. By the, by the way, I associate with penguins. Just, I have no really? <laughs> Seriously, I yeah. Have, are you making a joke? No, I'm no? dead serious. I'm dead serious. It's something but, that's been with me since I was a kid. But you have to look at it this way, Mike. You're a very nurturing, caring, protective individual of all of those who are around you and whom you know. And out of all of the animal species out there, penguins, especially, what is it? Is it emperor, emperor penguins? penguins? Yeah. Yeah. They are, they are the protectors. They are the ones protecting that egg until it's hatched and, you know, and the mother is out hunting or whatever. They are the ones who are the responsible caregivers. Vanessa, that, there you go. I, I like it. I like I'm that. Having, I'm having flashbacks of having watched March of the Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a whole other world that mm -hmm. they exist in. It it's really just, is, yeah. But it suits Mike to a T. There you go. Hey, we have a couple of questions coming in from the chat. So from Sean Oldsmith, uh, William, what are your thoughts on dogs that can pick up on cancer? Well, Sean, in my book, uh, it's a great question. In my book, I talk about 
dogs very much knowing and understanding and embracing their specific stations and their specific roles. And there are absolutely dogs that are intended to be healers. I don't know that all dogs can pick up on cancer. I would suspect that it is a um, dogs that are assigned that duty, um, spiritually assigned that duty. Um, and so in, in the book, I talk about that and I talk about how you know, some dogs are intended to be healers. Some dogs are intended to be um, comedians, to, to um, contribute some levity to a household, uh, particularly if there's a lot of um, disruption or tension in a household, and so on. And so um, they, all, they all have roles, they all have jobs to do, and uh, for the most part, they take it very seriously. I do have to lend a medical standpoint to that, um, being in the dental field, and I've dealt with this a lot. Um, cancer has an odor. It's very distinct. It's very faint in the beginning, but it will eventually permeate hmm. and will seep through. And, and it is, I mean, I can have somebody, and I learned this years ago, I've done this for almost 20 years, I can have somebody come into my dental chair and the minute they open their mouth, you can smell it. Wow. And you know it's there. And they might not even know they've got cancer. So in the same way that um, dogs can hear sounds that the average person cannot, there are probably um, dogs and other animals um, that can pick up on all sorts of things that are um, bare, barely perceptible to the average person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and Vanessa, you're saying, you're saying smell. Um, Tom McNicholas is asking about can dogs uh, detect EMF? What is that acronym? Uh, elect for? Electromagnetic fields. And disruptions in the electromagnetic fields also. Yeah, I believe that. Okay. I think they can be sensitive to it, most definitely. Um, what I've noticed uh, um, with my previous animals in any areas that have a high EMF, uh, that the dogs show much more agitation than they would normally. Um, just like if you were if you were to have a high electromagnetic field in the ocean, it might deter a shark because of how they perceive that energy going down from snout to tail on their body. So same situation with an animal. If they're more sensitive to it, it definitely would have an, an adverse effect. Well, look at how um, a lot of dogs respond to atmos atmospheric changes uh, and storms and so on. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of theories about, it. like, even with humans, this comes about when we're investigating a home that, you know, some faulty wiring can, you know, project a very strong EMF and have an effect on what people are, you know, thinking, what they're feeling, you know, when they're dreaming at night, those sorts of things. So, you know, animals are generally more sensitive to those those sorts of things than humans. So, you know, how much more so would they be able to uh, pick up on that? that um, animals um, are are again because they live in silence for the most part too there's you know they're engaged in a perpetual meditation and so they're vibrating at a frequency that is oh there's your baby 
they're vibrating at a frequency that is, you know, beyond that of the average person. And so they're picking up on all sorts of things that I'm sure um, we do we do not. Yeah. Um, Pamela Rainey is asking, can they smell ectoplasm? I I couldn't tell you, Pam. I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be I don't bizarre. Know. Uh, and if they can, ew. You know? I mean, <laughs> it makes one wonder. Okay, Mama won't make you be on TV. <laughs> She's being well, it, it's, it's so rare for us to even find ectoplasm anyway you know it's i don't know um spooky but we go ahead we, but we all know i mean we all know of stories of dogs that absolutely can sense spirit or yeah. ghosts yeah and spooky is asking uh dawn uh if dogs and cats can detect portals so that would wow. still be the spirit realm. Maybe. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, I that it's, know. yeah, it, it's um, kind of one of those areas in which, you know, we don't, we don't really know. Because, you know, how do you get inside the head of a dog? I mean, William, you kind of have a little bit of an inside track on that, but there's so many different possibilities here of what they may be able to detect that... Um, yeah, boy, I haven't gone that deep, uh, Dawn. Sorry. I, the book that I wrote was just... Oh. Yeah, it kind of broke up a little bit there. He's frozen. He froze. <laughs> He's frozen. <laughs> He'll come back. We knew this was going to happen. Yeah, he predicted that. Coming. He predicted it. Yeah. Um, but in, in answer to Dawn's question, I mean, we all know that if we have, um, you know if we have dogs that are sensitive to that, um, that it's not uncommon for them to have reactions to the same oh. place. I see we lost him. Yeah, Try to get him back. Uh, yeah, he completely disconnected. Yeah. Um, it's not uncommon for a dog to have a reaction to the same place in a house over and over and over again. So it would lead me to believe it's possible. Sorry about that. I. Uh... Oh, that's okay. I guess we got We're your talking back. About, you. <laughs> talking about yeah. ghosts and you, spirits and all of that. Yeah, you called it. You called it. I warned you. You did. So now, oh, along that same lines, though, in your book, you did talk about dogs being empaths. Yes. Can you see me? I don't think I have no, video No, we can't on. see you. No. We don't have video well, we can on hear you. All right. Is that acceptable to you? Um. That's fine. If that'll work better for you, um, we can handle that. I don't that. know if it will or won't. <laughs> what can we do to get video back on? Just hit the little video button. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Perfect. So dogs being empaths, yes, it, it's in the same way that um, they're just very raw and unfiltered. And so they're very much um, attuned to people's feelings and emotions. And, um, you know, the, the dogs that are the uh, comedians, I think they've got the toughest job of all, to be honest with you, because oh, yeah. some, of, some of those dogs live in really, really trying circumstances. And um, it, it can't be easy. I, I also think... You know, it's it's a blessing in many ways that dogs don't live 
to be very old usually, although Vanessa's animals are the exception. Apparently. Because, um, I, you know, I think that um, obviously there are animals that are loved and adored and, and given great homes, but, you know, obviously like people, that's not always the, the case. And there are some animals that live under just deplorable circumstances and I think it's really a blessing that they 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 are not here for very long I saw this one thing I can't remember I, and I'm gonna get the quote wrong but it was uh, one of those things you see on Facebook and somebody uh, they were talking about how they had their uh, little boy was talking about how it was sad that their dog had to be put down and uh, and they said something along the same lines of, you know, well, they said, you know, wh why do dogs not live as long as people? And it was out of the mouth of babes, I swear. It was something uh, like, you know, well, people spend their entire lives learning to love. Animals are born that way. That's a good point. Nice. Very nice. It yep. just doesn't take them that long. They come out loving you. Right. They just give it unconditionally. And it's just... Uh... Especially dogs. I mean... I can't necessarily oh, yeah. say the same thing about cats. <laughs> <laughs> no, you and your cats. Well, I mean, and, and, well, I, I, and I had a cat. I mean, I've been both a dog and a cat owner. And, you know, the, the cat that I had, you know, did have a, honestly, it did have a thing for um, sitting on my lap. And even the cat, Shauna, at Milton, um, that cat there just kind of like, was like, I own you now. You know, it boom, it was in my lap. <laughs> so there is a degree, but I, think they're a little i don't know they're a little more devious <laughs> they're they're more independent i think yeah but um i have to tell you not every dog that i've met has wanted to talk to me okay interesting and, and i and that's in the book too you know i i put all the hits in there but i also put in some of the misses just to keep it real good I've been dogs that i've you know knelt down to pet and they've tried to bite me <laughs> or, um, you know, they're a little snooty and they'll turn around and they'll stick their rear end in, you know, up at me instead of their face. So, you know. Uh, Do you think that just like we can carry over uh, circumstances from previous lives, just like we can do that and we might bring fears with us or, you know, a fear of water or whatever, if, if you believe in reincarnation. If dogs have multiple lives, if it's a constant state of, of reincarnation, could the same apply? I don't see why it wouldn't or couldn't. Um, but, you know, I don't, I, I think that for them, let me put it this way, when I do work with people and they're asking me about their animals that have passed on, what I have been shown consistently is that in realm there's not a lot of commingling of what was human energy with animal energy it feels as as though there are those opportunities but that the animal energy is sort of in a separate area or a separate domain um that's just been my experience um yeah like a segregation of spirits or um sort of um more like being in the same school building, but in different grades. Okay, so different and, levels. Okay. And you might see one another passing in the hallway on the way to class, but then outside of that, there's not much of an opportunity or a reason 
for you to be interacting. But I don't, I don't think that, I know this is probably upsetting people who love their animals, but I, I, I don't think that rules out um, opportunities to, um, to interact with that energy. But I, I think that my experience has been, as a general rule, there's not a lot of commingling of those energies. Okay. Interesting. But when upsetting people, upsetting people or not, I mean, we're all here to learn. So, I mean, it's it's always good to hear different different opinions on, on what's going on. So, yeah, and here's a, here's a different type of question, too. So this is from Dawn. Have you ever come across a dog haunted by a human? Well, I have not, but it's a it's a fast. Dawn's coming up with some fascinating questions. Yeah, um, it's very interesting. Well, but I do, you know, I would go back, Dawn, to... Um, you know, the contention that we made earlier that dogs, all animals, but dogs, since that's what we're talking about this evening, tend to be very sensitive to perceiving spirit or ghosts. And I, I make the distinction between those two. I, For my purposes, I think of spirit as uh, the soul energy of someone who is in the heavenly realm and a ghost as the soul energy of someone who still thinks they're human and still thinks they're alive and they are stuck here. That's how I distinguish the two words for my purposes. So um, I th absolutely think that dogs are uh, perceptive to that sort of... And I have known of dogs who have um, appeared to respond and react to uh, an owner or a loved one who has passed on and is you know, looking up or tracking something or wagging their tail, uh, appearing as though they're engaging with someone. Okay, yeah, because Dawn did have a follow-up there. She's saying, like, if somebody dies and loves their dog so much, they decide to linger and hang out. So would that be that kind of reaction there? Uh, that's a possibility. I would just hope that um, they're not going to linger and hang out indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how close this is to what Dawn's talking mm -hmm. about, but as far as animals being able to pick on particular energies, whether it is living or deceased, um... I actually have a story on that. I had a uh, half Alaskan Malamute, half Great Dane, uh, dug her out of the snowdrift. They thought she wasn't going to live. She ended up dying when she was 15. Um, but when she was about seven, I guess it was about seven, um, I had put her in her kennel, fully kennel trained, no issues, and went to work where I proceeded to have to be taken to the hospital because I had a miscarriage. And when I came home, now keep in mind, this dog had been kennel trained for years while we were at work, so she wouldn't run around and, and mess up blinds. Never had an issue. I come home from the hospital. I didn't go back to work. I came home from the hospital to rest. And she had, through her kennel, chewed the entire arm off of the sofa had been kennel trained for years, no issues. The one day I have that horrible experience, I come home and she had eaten <laughs> the arm of the couch. Yeah, I would, uh, I would chalk that up to just, you know, acute anxiety and also, you know, feeling empathic for what you were experiencing. 
which is so weird because it was I wasn't anywhere near her when it happened. But I, I was the one that dug her out of the snowdrift and saved her. Yeah, but you right. had a connection. By adult, you know? You had a connection. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Um, so I was just wondering, I mean, if they can sense that type of energy or even chemical change or whatever it is, maybe she sensed it before I did. That, that could very well be. That it was to happen. Because I was halfway through my day at work when I miscarried. That you could know, very well be. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's interesting. That's never really thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. I mean, please understand. I've had many years to get through all this. But that is an interesting way to look at it, that maybe she knew it was coming before I did. Yep. Very likely. Yeah. Hey, we have a uh, another question here. This is from Sean Oldsmith. Uh, do you think dogs can get possessed? Our listeners are coming up with some really interesting <laughs> questions, um, things that I have not considered. I'd like to, I'd like to think not, Sean. Um, I, I'm wondering if Sean can write back if uh, what, like, what was the impetus for asking that question? If if Sean has had any thoughts about that or experiences about that, um, it's not something that I've encountered, Sean, and and I would hope. I would hope not. Yeah. Although um, you know, I, I, I think that I, I think about this isn't a case of being possessed, but I think about animals that are trained for um, nefarious purposes. Right. You know, um, to um, to attack on command, to. Um, be groomed for dog fighting and things like that, and um, yeah, but they're not necessarily it, possessed. That's just they're what not, been trained but, to do. but they're sur they're surrounded by um, really Negative. awful, awful yeah. energy. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, awful human energy. Yeah, and I think in a really, really tough position because if they don't demonstrate an allegiance to those uh, their masters, who are demonstrating the worst of what a human being can be then uh, they're going to be beaten or killed. Yeah. Now, our uh, chat shenanigator, Shauna, is uh, chiming in. I'm assuming Sean means demonic possession, so would, which would be quite different than somebody being groomed, I would think. Right. No, that, that's how I was interpreting Sean's question, yeah. too. I, okay. I just I don't have any insight or experience with that. I would hope that would not be the case, but I don't know. Okay. A uh, question from B.D. Flynn. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, can you feel when an animal is going to die? Well, I can't feel it, but um, as I did say earlier, I've had it happen um, several times now when dogs have told me that they were dying or and they were preparing for that. And... Um, as I said earlier, they've always consistently shown me this gorgeous sky, evening sky. It's it's pink and coral and orange colors, and the sun is setting very slowly in the sky until everything fades to black. That's what they have shown me, and um, that's how I've known to interpret. Oh, they're they're preparing to fade out themselves, and then the owner will come back to me, you know, a couple months later or a year later to say. Oh, you know, it wasn't 
shortly after I saw you that um, my dog was diagnosed with terminal cancer or there was a tumor that was inoperable or something right. of that nature. Yeah. That's so sad. But, you know, they're, they are more concerned with uh, comforting us in those situations, and that's why a, a dog that's about to be euthanized will look up at us with those big brown eyes and wag its tail, um, even if they're in pain and suffering, because they're so concerned about us and what we're going through. Oh, and that we're and, so upset about them dying that they're trying to console us in that moment? Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, and that's very true. I mean, I've had multiple surgeries, and this little rat right here never leaves my side. When that happens, but she's always very careful to not touch or or disturb in any way incisions or stitches or anything like that. But when when that's happened, when I've had to have and I've had quite a few major surgeries, never leaves my side. You know, so I mean, they know, they know, and they do their best. You know, she'll bypass a meal to lay with me. Wow. Well, that's devotion. She's my baby. Yeah, she is. <laughs> you got stinky breath. Oh, and she just has gas, too. Lord. <sighs> yes. It was you. Stinky. <sighs> Sorry. Okay. No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don is asking about um, you know, dog reincarnation, and you pretty much were, you were talking a lot about that before. And so, um, you know, and she's asking about uh, encountering a dog with multiple life experiences. But um, you were pretty much talking about that earlier, uh, about they have this cycle that they go through. And that's why they're pretty much okay with passing on because they know that they'll come back. Or that they will uh, transform in some way into some other way of being. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I don't know, because I haven't delved into it that deeply, um, we're getting some really interesting insights this evening, but um, in my work with people, I've seen that, you know, the, the free will that we have in human form extends to our soul form as well. And so that's why I've always been very careful about saying, I don't know that every one of us because I think it's a very uh, a very personal and very um, intimate decision that we have to make and so uh, you know I, I don't know enough about what happens to animals when they pass on and they're in the heavenly realm to know if um, if you know it's an obligation or an expectation or if they have free will as well to um, remain energy for any given period of time, or if there's an expectation that they absolutely go right back in and um, incarnate as uh, either another canine or some other uh, way of being. I, I apologize. I'm over here blowing in the yeah, air. She's not that. Your, your eyes are watering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have a alternate screen that's just William and I. There's the alternate screen of you and William, so I have no choice. It's you know, you know, you're you're on there and you're going like this. So. <laughs> <laughs> poor baby. No. Oh, as you're talking baby. about wow. all this dog love, and you're like. Woo. 
<laughs> now, what's your baby's name, Vanessa? Cha-Cha. And Cha-Cha's almost 15? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her face is her face is going. Yes, your face is going gray. Well, show them again. Come here, please. Don't squeeze one out on me. Check you it know, out. I think that she has calmed down quite a bit from her younger days, though, because I think that she might have been pretty high strung. Oh, she was. She was. She's my muscled up little buddy. She's mellowed <laughs> and matured, huh? Yeah, she. But she still. She will run around and fight with you, like she's two years old. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she's but I your, never, never got her fixed. She is your brave protector, I can tell. And you know okay. what I can also tell you is she's a very good judge of character. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, Partic yeah. Particularly men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mama should have listened to her the last time. <laughs> yeah. I should have. My last <clears throat> boyfriend, she bit clean through the hand. There you have Ooh. it. I stayed with him. I don't know why. Oh, straight up, bit him clean through the hand. Wow, there you have it. Huh? Yep, yep that might have been a sign. You, you think? Yeah, but see, I was dense and stupid. <coughs> Not no more. Vanessa, has, has she on occasion thrown up um, on the carpet? Oh, yeah. I, when she I pick eats herself into a stupor. Because I'm, I'm yeah. picking up that she actually has um, a food allergy, I think. Because uh, she has a very sensitive gut. Is that true? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, uh, but here's the thing about chihuahuas, especially deerhead chihuahuas, is they are mini garbage disposals. And I actually came in one day when I didn't have her kenneled, and I had only been gone an hour. That child, right? The, yes, you, had gotten into the trash can and ate everything. And was laying on the couch, too fat to move, with one, her head lay, laying to one side, and she had thrown up and still had this big old gut, mm. just round, because they're little mini garbage disposals. She doesn't know when to quit. Yeah. So I have to, I have to monitor her food and keep it very, you know, restricted. But I she loves pizza. I think she's also pretty... Um uh hyper attuned to um being very vigilant and um any sounds that are not familiar she's like right there on it oh yeah um particularly overnight during the night oh yeah she can be sleeping with my son in his room and i'll go in to wake them up and she knows it's just me and him but she will lose her shit bargain until she knows for certain it's me and the same thing, if she's sleeping with me and my son comes in, same thing. Whoever she is with right there in the moment, she'll kill for. I also feel as though her um, her eyesight is dimming a bit. So I want to tell you that if you're not already aware. Oh, yeah. yeah. It most definitely is. I mean, I've actually, within the last six months, called her running into stuff. She, I think she's getting a little cloudy. But... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I, I can tell you, just looking at her, she is um, completely loyal and devoted to you and your your boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most She's had, she has had a calming effect on him, I am being told. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, I mean, she's his baby. She's oh. his baby. Um, but, yeah, she's. I've, we've had her since she was nine weeks old. And, uh, well, no, I got her when she was seven weeks. She's barely been weaned. 
Um, and at nine weeks, I took her to New Orleans with me, carried her right between my boobs, <laughs> and, and hit a sports bra. I, that's how tiny she was. And uh, she, um, she's I, rare. I think. Do you work with turpentine? Um, I work with chemicals. Okay, because. I, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I, we locked up. Sorry. Yep. Um, I, I'm picking up also that she's very sensitive to um, the scent of, like, uh, paint thinner or turpentine or anything like that. I think it um, – because I'm feeling it now in my head. I'm feeling a little headachy and a little nauseated. Um, so just be, be, be mindful of that. Yeah. Um, when I was painting with oils back when I could afford them – um, I made sure that it was in a, a very, very well-ventilated area that I was doing it in so she wouldn't be affected. And with acrylics, I don't have that issue, but when I go to seal my paintings, I completely leave the area where she is and keep, and I'm locked away with an open window mm. so that she doesn't have to suffer from it. Mm. So, or my son. I don't care if I do. <laughs> uh. She's she's adorable though. She's a mess. She is rotten. No, she's <laughs> rotten. so spoiled. so. I had to uh, while you guys were talking because I've noticed down in the chat there that Pung Guy Fung Guy keeps calling me the Penguin Luster. So, ah! <clears throat> so. <Holla. laughs> there we go. I love. <laughs> oh, you actually oh have a penguin. Gosh. Oh, I have. I'm loaded with this stuff. I am absolutely loaded with penguins. And really, I mean, part of it's my sister's fault, but then my my job in computers and being involved with Linux, the mascot is penguins. So it just all kind of followed me. And I even have cute little things like this, like a little, what's in the igloo, though? Or a bunch of these little guys. Yeah. So, yeah, I got penguin stuff all over the place. Shauna's going to learn this, that I have penguins. <laughs> she's, she's like, oh my god, awesome. who's just who just moved in with me? <laughs> so, um, I but, think that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wouldn't say penguin luster, but there's a thing. What? Turn my sound down. I think it's what? because you walked away that they couldn't hear you, but we can hear you fine oh. now. I don't know. Um, the levels are at 86, so I don't know. Probably because I put this in front of the microphone or something. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Well, we're actually getting down towards the end of the show. Uh, yeah, it's not SCB3 Airspace saying my microphone is screwy. It's it's Windows. Windows tries to auto-adjust the volume. And so there's, I've looked into how I can stop that from happening. If I could just set it at one level and just let it go. And I haven't been able to find that yet. So it just, it goes up and down, uh, which is annoying. Yes. Uh, but we are getting down toward the end of the show. And so I wanted to give a last highlight here to William's new book, Conversations with Dogs. So uh, William, where can they find this? And where can they find you? Uh, well, um, they can find the book on Amazon.com, of Yay. course. And, you know, I'm hoping that the people who who um, see fit to purchase it are going to really enjoy it. Um, there are actually uh, a number of exercises in the book also. Once you 
get the background information about dogs and how they think and the different stations they have and the different types of personality and all the things they want us to know, I actually put in about um, five or six different exercises that you can try at home with your own dog. Oh, wow. I'll have to try that. Love to see what she's got to say other than what I already know. (laughs) (laughs) Probably get me some more kibble, you wench. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I thought it was very interesting, and it's also in full color, which um, is is enjoyable as well. I mean, I think it works. I mean, to me, when I you know saw the format, saw those full colors, like yeah, this is a great like you know coffee table book. You just you know leave out, and people could pick up as they're you know you're just kind of casually sitting around, and you know like, oh, this is interesting conversations with dogs, and get into something that's very very interesting. You know, I think it's a, a nifty little gift book, also for dog lovers, especially. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, when William comes back... Here I am. I I was going to say it's a nifty little gift book for people who um, are really dog lovers, but maybe hadn't thought about their relationship with their dog on that level, to that degree. Well, if you write another one and you need a pinup, I got this gorgeous little girl right here, okay? (laughs) I have beautiful pictures of her. And Tammy Heisman is saying, oh, I'm getting that book. Sounds super cool. Definitely is super Yay. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah. All right. Well, Hope William, thank you again for coming on. I really I do appreciate it. Always a fantastic time having you here. And it's always a very interesting always conversation. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Definitely. Always a pleasure to see you both. And, and Vanessa, I, we bonded tonight more <laughs> than before. So... <laughs> And thank you for everything. Oh, my pleasure. My goodness. All right. So thanks so much for having me. All right. Thanks, William. So we'll let William go, and then we'll get to all the shout-outs. Okay. Take care. God bless. Have a great night, William. Bye now. All right. Now that he's gone, Pongai, Fungai. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I saw that. Oh, she's sitting there saying that I'm committing, you know, this penguin lust that's against that's a but the bible teaches you know hate the sin but love the sinner okay whatever <laughs> I, I, did not, I did not have penguin. lust with my penguin <laughs> lust 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 uh, but <laughs> Sean is over here cracking up there's a $10 super chat from Andrew Cox interesting topic on animals thank you very much Ooh. Andrew do appreciate that so um <laughs> what the heck Robert White indecent act with cold birds what the- <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, you know what I, should I even go here so what was it early 90s when Adam Sandler came out with uh, the album that had the Hanukkah the original Hanukkah song and the lunch lady song he also had a chicken song and <laughs> And the one line was, if an egg can fit in there, why can't I? Yeah. Oh, my. She's oh done. Oh, my gosh. She's done. I know. Oh terrible. My. Terrible. But, Robert White, it's your fault. That is hilarious. <laughs> it's your fault, Robert. That is so wrong. It is all his fault. Yeah. Bad Robert. Bad Robert. So, and Candy, no, I'm not going to sing because I can't sing. <laughs> so, all right. Let's get to our uh, Super Chat Superstars, Tom McNicholas and Andrew Cox. Thank you very much for being Super Chat Superstars this evening. So, all right, let's get down into the shout-outs. Of course, uh, 
We have our chat shenanigator, Shauna, sitting right next to me. Uh, but also shenanigating <laughs> the chat. Thank you very much, Shauna. Um, and thank you, Donna Gordon, as well, for Cheshire Cat chatting the chat. Um, do appreciate all of the help. So, um, let's see. Beat 3 Airspace, thanks for joining us tonight. So, um, one of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons, uh, which are... Uh, Tom McNicholas, B3 Airspace, uh, Zippy Davis, BD Flint, Pamela Queen, uh, Don Francisco, and Andrew Cox. All right. I think I have it. Awesome right? stuff. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for being our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons. Of course, you also can support us out there. Patreon.com slash Haunted Road Media. Um, also, if you haven't yet subscribed yet, please go ahead and do so and make sure to click the little... Uh, bell icon to get notifications of when we go live when we upload new videos and of course it's not a hundred percent so we do have the white rabbit notification squad that helps to share out everything when we do uh, go live and post stuff and Donna Gorton heads that up so uh, if you want to be a part of that get in with her so um, all right so uh, Betty Lange thank you very much for joining us tonight as uh, as always little Dort thank you as well uh, there's Sean Oldsmith. Thanks for joining us again. Sean Oldsmith and Robert White, our friends from Down Under. Pamela Rainey, thanks for joining us this evening. Spooky, Don, thanks for all the questions. Um, a lot of you had some really, really good questions tonight. Uh, there's the Haglin, thanks for joining us tonight. JoJo B, thank you as well. And there's BD Flint. Um, yeah, it went to a weird place, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I know. Outback Mini Models and Military PC Gamer. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, that is a mouthful to say. It's a heck of a channel name. All right, cool. <laughs> but thanks for joining us. And there is Hunter Road Media's Fairy Queen, Diane Hilbert. Thanks for joining us as usual. Really do appreciate that. And there's Candy Orton. Thank you as always. There's Andrew Cox. Thank you. Um, let me scroll up a little bit here. Uh, oh, Joey Carol said hi. Oh, cool. Thank you, Shay. Good to see you tonight. And there's Tim Schoen. Thank you, Tim, for joining us. Katie Palmer, thank you as well. Pungai Fungi. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Beth uh, Bethany Warner, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, who else do we have? Um, let's see. There's uh, Imla Buddha 61 We did have an active chat. Uh, Tracy Christian, thank you as well. Uh, who else? Let's go ahead. Uh, there's Tammy Heitzman. Thank you. Uh, Joe Chandler, thank you as well. Luna and Nocturnum, thanks for joining us again. Um, I know uh, Chuck Banks was in earlier having uh, internet issues. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, he'll get that fixed. Soon. They usually, uh, Beyond the Light Network usually simulcast us and was not able to tonight, but they'll, uh, they'll get that uploaded to Spreaker later. Um, all right, I'm going to scroll back down because we have another show coming up here that we need to get to. <coughs> Excuse me. So, anybody else? I guess that's going to be it for the shout outs right now. Uh, of course, we'll get to more later with our next show. Inside the Upside Down, which we are going to be talking about Lost Cemetery. So, we talked a little bit about this on Saturday. 
um, on our 100th Mike's Morning Mug. And so we're going to get a little bit more in-depth with that tonight. So stay tuned for that Inside the Upside Down coming up directly after this. Just give us about 10 to 15 to switch everything out, and you might have to refresh your feed. So, um, Vanessa, it's been real. So we'll, we'll see everybody Bye, in a little bit. Everybody. Later. Well, later as in like 15 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.